All right, so she's going to always speak up. I got to figure out a way to get her out of there. But salute to Chris Paul, man. Um, I really want to give him his flowers because it seems like every year, every year that he's been in the playoffs, he seems to have had an in- injury or someone around him has had an injury and it's kept him from going deeper into the uh, playoffs. Not just that, but for the majority of his career, when he's been a, on those West Coast teams, he's had to deal with a Lakers team or he's had to deal with a, a, a San Antonio Spurs or Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? So he's had the obstacles and I'm really, really proud that he was able to fight through this time around and, and persevere and, and have a have a good enough squad to get him into the next round, man. So salute to Chris Paul. And they, it was a 4-0. Like, they swept them boys. I thought I thought the Nuggets really had a chance. I thought they was going to get a lead. I thought this was a seven-game series right off bat just because of Jokic and um, – What's the other boy? Michael, Michael Porter. Porter. Yeah. I thought that was a seven-game series, but they really missed Jamal Murray. You Absolutely. Can you can tell. And, Absolutely. And, and Phoenix is just well coached. You know, shout out to Monty Williams, too, because he's he's coach of the year, and he's coaching them boys up. Yeah, and, and he was uh, the coach for Chris Paul originally, right, when he first right. got drafted? In New Orleans with yeah. uh, M and Tyson Chandler. Yeah, so that I, I, I man, salute to, to Chris Paul, man. Like I'm really happy for him making it to this next round. Um, this this Western Conference Finals. Um, uh, I did not expect it to be a 4-0, though, man. I was expecting 4-2 either way. That was my prediction. It would be 4-2 yeah. either way. Um, but them boys balled out, man. Yeah, they didn't drop thirty-seven on them. Come on, man! I didn't see that one coming at all. Thirty-seven. I ain't even see the game. I seen the highlights. You got Devin Booker playing like a, a true superstar. Yep. And you got Chris Paul showing why he's
that can kill you. As you remember back in the day, back a couple of years ago when uh, Houston played Golden State in that game seven, they missed like 27 threes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That killed them. Yeah, they, they, been, they say you they live by, it. you die by, you know? Right. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is a star. Uh, yeah, he's special. He's special. He, he, he's a star. I like Gobert. Um, I like I like their role players. I like Bogdanovich and um, uh, uh, Ingles. Clarkson. I like, like their roster. I like how they got their roster built. Yeah. And they got a bright future. If if they don't make it this year, in the years to come, they're gonna be in it. The and uh, the you know the hardest part they usually say is keeping the the young nucleus of talent together. You know you still got uh, Clarkson. Yeah, him too. Oh, yeah, he, you still he, got Clarkson over there. He's going to get paid. I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think he's going to cash out. Well, I, it, well, you know, it's a business and you can't blame them. You know, these uh these owners and, and GMs, they aren't loyal to the players. You know, they'll move you as quick as they can if it right. fits the scheme of what they got going on. So I don't blame any player ever for going out and getting theirs because they make it seem like it's the player's fault when, when the teams break up. But Really, you know, the players are looking out for themselves as they should because these uh, GMs and, and, and owners are doing the same thing. You know, it's all about the bottom line to them, and it's that dollar. So I, I don't, I don't knock them for that. But I'm, man, I'm so happy for Chris Paul, man, because I thought originally, bro, when he got when he got hurt with that shoulder, mm-hmm. I was like, here we go, a fucking game, man. I was thinking that too. I was thinking like, I, I would. Be honest, I was really shocked that the Lakers laid down like that. They they got their ass handed to them. They did. And they did. And you know, Anthony Davis was hurt, but you can't use that as an excuse. You still got eleven other players. This next man up thing. You gotta you gotta be the next man up to step up. Yeah, Show. because Kuzma hasn't shown that he's he's worth uh, uh, his potential at, at all. No, I think it, I think when he was when LeBron wasn't there, Kuzma flourished. Now that he got a star, a superstar, Hall of Famer, GOAT, whatever conversation y'all want to have about that, he kind of on the back, on the back end, him behind Anthony Davis as well. I, I hear that. I agree with that. But now is a perfect time for you as the maybe third option to go in the game, make the mistakes, learn from it, get better, practice harder, work on your game. And in the two years or a year, you will have the role of being able to correct those mistakes and be able to do better in game situations. Like this would be the perfect time for you to make the mistakes, but, but take the shots. You know what I mean? Kobe had to do it. You see Jason Tatum, he's doing it like, do it. Go ahead. Like make the mistakes because we'll you will learn from it, and you will see the film on what you did wrong and the things you did right. And and when you, when you go back and look, you will know what to do to to build yourself up going forward. Like I think that's something that he should honestly do. But it seems like he just stands around and he just watches the LeBron. He just watches a AD, and he just watches them as they get off, and he just picks and chooses these small times. And I I think that. He, they need more from him. 
he needs to be somewhere up there like 15 to 19 points per game uh, scoring. I mean, when he first came in the league, we was like, who is this guy? You know mm. what I'm saying? We, we never knew nothing about Cal Cooper. We know he came out of Nevada and all that, but we never knew he can play like that. When he first came in the league, he, he shocked the world to me. Yeah. Now, now I'm looking at the situation and I'm going, damn, man, I wonder if they could have kept Brandon Ingram instead of this dude. Yeah. But I do like the guy uh, that come off the bench, Horton Tucker. He's good. He's from the, he, yeah, he's from the crib, too. So yeah, I, like, I, like, I like his game. Yeah. I, like, I think if he's given an opportunity, he will flourish. I think so, too. But I think it's another situation, too, with him. They're gunshot. Like they're not, they're not taking shots. Like they, you know, they they might just be worried about being pulled out the game from making mistakes. And I, again, I think now is a perfect time, especially during the course of this season when things weren't were weren't really going their way. This was a perfect time for them to like just go out, just ball, just make all the mistakes, ball, learn from it, and then come back better. Get your jump shot in order, get your free throws in order. And just be a better all-around player. Yeah, but I think I think they're gonna learn from this this uh, experience. The Lakers, I'm sure LeBron gonna learn. He gonna he's gonna get himself in order for next season. He's gonna come back healthy. AD got to get in the gym. He got to figure out a way to stay healthy. Um, I he think needs time need off, quick. man. I just think he needs a proper time off to heal. Dude's growth spurt, from what I understand, someone was telling me that it was like, man, his growth spurt was so irregular. Like he went from 5'11 to 6'2 to 6'6 to 6'11, seven feet. Like he hasn't grown into his damn body yet. And he's been injured so much because of that. So if that be true, if that's the case, I would love to see him take some time to heal up and, and, and chill right. and get his body together and then get back into the gym and start a weight program, not a weight program, a, a muscle program, you know, like building up your body and your muscles and everything. Right. Because they're going to need him, man. Like he the LeBron, future of the Lakers. Correct. Cause LeBron had done this for 18, 19 years. Uh, so they're going to need somebody and him coming there was the whole purpose of LeBron going, all right, this is your team, and I want to step back to number two or number three. You know, so they're going to they have to figure it out, you know. Uh, and I won't be surprised if some of those guys start getting moved around before the season starts yeah. back. I think they need a point guard. We, we won't see Schroeder as a Laker next year. I can guarantee mm, that. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I like Schroeder, but, I, you know, I don't know if he fits in. I, I, do you know why they didn't keep a – Rondo, was it the Rondo, money for him? Rondo wanted to go to the Clippers. Mm. And he ended up getting traded. Right? No, he, he got he, – he signed with the Hawks and then got traded to the Clippers. Okay, okay. Yeah, because he signed with the Hawks and then they traded him from Atlanta to the Clippers. That's how – the uh, Hawks got Lou Will. Okay, so maybe he did. Maybe it was money to sign with the Hawks instead of staying with the Lakers. I right. Know. I think I think the Lakers hold they the team they had last year. They should have kept intact, you know, and, and then added on. 
Dwight Howard, McGee, Rondo, those guys were perfect fits. Yeah, key players. Key, key players. players. Yeah. I like Gasol, but Gasol kind of over the bridge right now. He's, yeah. He he moves at the speed of a glacier. You know what I mean? Like it, with with uh JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard, you had you had guys that could move, could block shots, and could run the floor. So that those those were things that were intangibles that kept the Lakers in games and um you know allow guys to get just get out and run, you know, those, those are things that you need. But when you got like Gasol and Montrez Harold and you you, you I don't kinda, think they utilized him well. Harold. I don't think so either. I don't think so. They should have utilized him how the Clippers did. Cause he was averaging 20 with the Clippers coming off the bench. And you get to the Lakers, and he averaged nothing about nine or ten, maybe twelve points, fifteen, something like that. Yeah, that's all about scheming. You know what I mean? That's all about uh, your right. game it's plan. About coaching too, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your scheme, your uh, offensive yeah. schemes, and everything, and how you run the team. So my question to you: Okay, who's going to be the next coach in Boston and Portland? Okay, so what I understand about Boston is Brad Stevens is now elevated to GM. Is that correct? Right. Danny Danny Ainge resigned. Right. Due to health problems. And Brad but Stevens Steven, goes upstairs. Right. Okay. Who wants the Boston job though? Like. I don't know. I don't no, think that's a job nobody is interested in. I think Boston is a tough a tough city to coach in. Yeah. Especially if you're a black coach, Ask Doc Rivers, Casey Jones, all them guys. You 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 have to you really have to have some tough skin because it, it's still a lot of racism out there. Down oh absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think uh Jason Kidd is the assistant coach with the Lakers, right? Absolutely. Yep. Do you think he'll take that job? Mm. Maybe it's a possibility. I was surprised he took his name out of the uh, out of consideration for the Portland job. He did, yeah. Dame Lillard wanted that's who Dame wanted. That would be a good fit. I don't know why he didn't do that. He he said he didn't. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to, I guess, stir up the pot because Dame called it like, man, Jason Kidd gonna be. I want Jason Kidd to be my coach. Mm. So he withdrew his name. So who would be the, the better fit then as far as Boston goes? Because I don't know, know. I don't know either. But knowing how Brad Stevens is, Brad Stevens is kind of, you know, one of them Theo Epstein-like guys. He wants to do it a certain way. I think they might, they might hire the first woman. Oh, you think they would go that route? I think they will. Who would you who, who you think they would pick? I think they'll go after Becky Hammond. Okay. Beck, I I don't know um if they would really consider Don Staley from what I hear. But um yeah, Becky Hammond, she she's been on the bench with Pop and all that, you know, coach the game. So she got a she got a chance. Okay. Okay. 
And, and while we're on the subject of actually the women, salute to the women's Olympic team um, for their, uh, I think it's all, there's someone said something like an all black women's team or something like that, Olympic team. Yeah, or they have, this is the most um, black women they've had on the um, Olympic team. I'm not sure, I don't want to mess it up, but salute to that situation. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, I'm yeah. sure it, it inspired little girls in the inner city that they can do more than just play, you know, basketball or anything. Absolutely. Like and salute to Naomi, Naomi Osaka, too. Yeah. Um, what, in my opinion, this is what I have to say. What she did is something that most athletes want to do. They just don't say nothing. They just right. go out there, they brave it, they grin and bear it, and they talk to the media even though it makes them feel uncomfortable. They sit and uh, they sit and deal with stupid questions, dumbass questions, and 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 they take it on the chin and they and they and they listen to these assholes talk to them in the manner that you know they don't necessarily like. And in this situation, because she is an introvert and she deals with anxiety, she decided to speak out and just say, you know what, I'm not. I'm just not feeling this right now. You know, there's a lot going on in my personal life. Um, and I, I'm just not in the, in the mode where I want to speak to you guys. So I'm just going to say it in a nicer way instead of telling you to just fuck off. Because if it had been me, I'm an introvert too. Um, but to a certain degree, once I've had enough of people or dealing with a situation, I tell you to fuck off, you know, and I, I may not say it like that. You know, I may say it a different way, but salute to her, man. Um, mental health, mental health awareness is a very big thing. We often ignore each other's problems or the way we feel. And we tell people to tough it out uh, a lot of the times when you really can't just tough it out. Um, that's one of the things where we're covering up the actual ailment or the things that may actually be bothering somebody when we should be um, considering their feelings and their bravery to speak on anxiety or depression or stress, or just, just not, just not having it that day, you know, like yeah. I, I salute her for that. You know, I, I appreciate her being able to stand out and I appreciate all the athletes that have gotten behind her. I saw a couple of people post that she was, um, she's an asshole and she's a spoiled baby and things like that, but you don't know what it's like to be an athlete. That's why you're talking about it. You're talking shit about her because she had the the ability to push to become a $50 million woman, a $100 million woman. You didn't. So you don't know what that feels like to get up every day and work that hard and to strive for success and then listen to the dirty comments that you hear in the stands or the commentators, the spectators, all these different groups of people that have everything negative to say about you. And something because she is an introvert, she doesn't really want to be bothered with the people. I remember when she beat who was it, uh, Serena? When she beat Serena, Serena was trying to push her to the podium, and she was like, "No, I don't, I don't want to go up there. Like I'm, I really don't like to talk talk to the uh, talk to people like that." And then Serena was Serena told her later on, she's like, "Hey, I apologize for that because I didn't know, I didn't understand what you were doing, but she was letting her know, like, hey, I can't, like, that's not my thing. I really don't like speaking to these guys like that." You know, I'm, I'm shy and I, I don't it's not one of my better characteristics. So I salute her for doing that. I salute everyone who's stepping in the gap with her, not stepping in the gap, but standing up with her because it needs to be it's something that needs to be said. You can't tell me just because I make a hundred feeling a hundred million dollars that I don't have feel, feelings. You can't say that. Absolutely not. 
I'm still a human being. Mm-hmm. Definitely wouldn't be considered human if you went, didn't have feelings like. Correct. Correct. Everybody feels something. Everybody feels something. And, and, and perfectly said. And that's one of the things, like, even on my page when I was seeing people comment, it's like, man, what, well, what did you do that was so significant in life compared to what she's doing? Even with some people that say, well, well, I gave birth to kids. So you may have dealt with postpartum depression or something like that. You don't know what she's dealing with or what she's feeling. Like her feelings are are different from yours. And, and, and she deals with it in a different way. And I'm not mad at her. And I, again, I, like I said, I salute her for doing that, for speaking up and standing out. Um, someone might speak on this later on and go, hey, well, what about the boxer? You were getting on that boxer about doing it because later on, a week or two later, the boxer came out and he was having videos in Hawaii where he was on jet skis and hanging out with women and, and doing body bag punches and all these different challenges and all this stuff. So what was the what was the mental issue? It's two different things. Like this woman said was what was actually wrong with her. And she said she just wanted time away from everything. This guy said he was stepping away from boxing. And he pops up and he's all over the uh, fucking internet. So that's the big difference. That's a big difference. She wanted to get away from everything that she was dealing with as far as tennis goes. She didn't want to be in front of the camera no more. This guy was trying not to fight certain fighters. He was the mandatory for a WBC belt. And he was trying to get trying his best to get out the way of Devin Haney so he didn't have to fight Devin Haney. And what did he do after that? Oh, well, they gave him Javier Fortuna as his next fight. He said, no, no, I don't want to fight that guy either. So I'll claim mental illness. That's the difference. Right. That's the difference. Naomi Osaka, if she didn't want to, if she didn't want to play against Serena Williams, maybe she would have done that then. But she hasn't backed down from any challenge. She hasn't backed down from a challenge. She just says, yo, I, I, I've had enough. Right. She was like, not today. Man. Yeah. You know I, mean? I had enough. And ain't, there's nothing wrong with that. So salute to her and any other person out there dealing with um, a mental issue, whether it be anxiety, stress, um, depression, or whatever it may be. We all will deal with these things at some point in life. It may not happen now, it may, but it may happen later. Or it may has already happened, and you may understand and um, you may empathize or have sympathy for it, too. So we are, we have to be respectable of uh, people's boundaries and the way they feel. Uh, we just can't neglect and and roll over people's feelings like they don't. Like they don't matter when they actually do. Um, sorry for that little bit of a rant, sir. No problem. Yeah. So let's get into this music thing, man. Let's go. All right. Cool. Uh, what was the first type of music that you uh, first genre of music that you uh, grew up on or got into? Well, me being the youngest of my brothers, I would say. I would say the rap music, you know, early, early 90s, late 80s, you know, NWA, Ghetto Boys, uh, later down the line, Outkast, A-Ball, MJG, um, who else? Jay-Z, Nas. I, I listen to a lot of stuff, man. I, I just don't listen to, oh, I'm a listener to New York, the Boom Bap and all that. No, I listen to the South. West Coast, East Coast, Midwest. I what, was, what were the key things growing up in your house, or at least just for you, 
were you just going on to what, what your brothers were listening to or did you just was, find I your was, own lane? I was, right. At first, I was listening to everything my brothers was listening to. And then after that, the first tape I, I bought with my own money was DJ Quick. Quick is the name. That was the first tape I bought with my own money. Then after that, it was just like, I love this shit. Like, mm, 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 mm. I love this shit. Like, it's just, it amazes me how how things come together when you making music or when you listening to it and you be like, I wonder what, what was they thinking at that time when they was doing it. And it, it just be like, wow. Do you remember any of Quick's? What was your favorite song off of uh, Quick as an I? I should say it that way. Uh, my favorite song was the last one. Uh, I think it's called Scandalous with him, High C, and AMG. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember any of the words to it? Uh, let me see. Say, pal, pussy ain't nothing but a hoe. But most bitches ain't nothing but hoes. So what I'm gonna do right here is take it to the man and run that shit. And the one and the two and the three, you got that nigga, AMG. And the four and the five and the six. On my left hand side is DJ Quick. We got second to none in the house. We got a man I see you in the house. To all them niggas who disapprove, you try to bust a move. You can get a dick in your mouth. Then it'd be like, yo, you can't fuck with that nigga. I'm holding my piece. I'm sitting down the crayons with my khakis creeps. Uh, so, damn, I forgot, man. That was my joy. Okay, okay, okay. What, uh, what year was this? Do you remember what year that was? That was 91. 91, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was 91. I was, I was a young nigga listening to some shit like that. Yeah, you and me both. Same right. age, yeah. I also Big Daddy Kane, you know, Big Daddy Kane versus Dolomite. That was, I like that shit. Okay. Yeah. Man. Did Did any of your brothers or you rap at that age? When I When I was younger, both of my brothers rap. They They would never admit that now, but you know, they, <laughs> you know, but yeah, they used to rap. Both Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Everybody at some point felt that they could rap or sing. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. They, they they were rapping. I, I was I was influenced by them doing that. I was like, hey, I might try too. Did you ever at any point decide to try and take it serious? Um uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we was doing a group thing. We had some stuff. I think we just didn't we didn't move it like we should have, or it wasn't it wasn't like I say the the beats and I mean the producer wasn't you know what I'm saying putting it helping us put it together like we wanted to. Okay. Okay. So the but engineering I, I and everything wasn't going well. Right, and it was just the. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The whole the energy. We we it was gonna happen, but I just think at one point I just I was like, nah, I didn't do this. How old were you at that point in time? 
about 27. Okay. Okay. Did, did you, so it was a group? What was the name of the group? Uh, the group was L-O-N-G. It's still, you know, I'm still my guys. We, we, we haven't talked in a minute, but we still, it, we got that itch. I think it's unfinished business. You know what I'm saying with that? Okay. 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 Um, I think everybody gets asked this question. Who was the best uh, rapper in the group or lyricist in the group? <laughs> I'm just asking because everybody, you know, <laughs> you ask that, you know, most men, they go, you know, they're going to always say it's themselves. So uh, do you feel like within the group, like the competition level was there to make each other sharper? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we had we had people pushing and giving us that that look had a little chip on our shoulders to do it. Yeah. How many people was was in a group? It was just three. Just three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And did y'all ever put like put out an EP or anything? No, we recorded it. We never put it out. No. No, we recorded it. We just never put it out. Shit, I can't even find it now. Really? Really. You threw that shit to the back? No. I want it. You know what I'm saying? I actually want to hear it now. Cause okay. It, it, it was some proud moments on there because it was like, for me to even go in the studio and, and record my voice, it, that, that was like, Pulling like pulling teeth because you know I'm I'm a quiet guy. I don't you know what I'm saying a lot of people wouldn't even assume that I rap because I'm so quiet. You know? So yeah, me rapping, people wouldn't expect that. Who who was making the beats? Was it one of the uh, members of the group? Uh one of the members' cousins was making the beats. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, do you think know. do you think that they may have this EP? Nobody can't find it. If they, they find it, let me know. Shit, I want to hear it. Okay. Okay. What did you do? You remember where you guys recorded? Was it like a home studio or uh we recorded we uh Blue Room Blue Room Studio downtown. Okay. Yeah, called the Blue Run. It was like on in between Russian Ontario or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was like a, it was a nice little studio though. It was, the guy, the engineer, was like a rock guy, but he he had reasonable prices, and we, you know, at that time we was on budget. So, who did you cater your style uh, towards more of, like what rapper or? What tree did you come from? Did you come from the Kooji rap tree, uh, the the Scarface tree? I, I would say I would more so say Scarface, but I, I do like Kooji rap. Kooji rap, one of them guys. Yeah, Kooji rap is uh one of my favorites of all time. I think I'm I come from that tree, as far as being able to put words together in different ways and um, yeah. use metaphors. Similar, yeah. Yeah, that four five six album, yeah, that was my dream. Yeah, he's he's one of the one of the greatest ever to me. So 
but that's just me speaking. Mm-hmm. So, so at this time when you would do when you guys were working on this EP, were you at all ever doing beats? No. No. Okay. No. Not at all. Did you ever? Were you ever curious at the time? Yeah, I was. I was, but you know, I was just like, nah. You know, let me see if I can write these rhymes or something. Because it, it looked at that time, it looked it tedious, like. You gotta do this, you gotta do that, do that. Mm-hmm. But when I started, I'm like, man, this shit is, I could have been done this. Yeah, but you kind of scared yourself away from doing it, bro. Yeah, and I, I think that that was part of my problem. It's like you wanted you wanted to do something, but you kind of walked your way back backwards instead of moving forward into what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think that happens for certain other people in life too. Uh, they look at something, and I think part of it is not just the the tediousness of the task of doing it, but and this is not to say you, but for certain people, they're worried about what other people may be thinking around them when they do it instead of actually just doing it. Like it, it takes more effort from you to focus on getting that together than to worry about anything else. Like you have to be able to put the time in to to make the beats and, and, and learn how to, the placement of it and everything like that. Like I watch my producers do that shit. And I think it's just so dope when they're doing it. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I swear I enjoy just watching them do it because it's like one of the dopest things ever to see them sit there and like find the right kick, the right snare, the right hi-hat and do all these different things. And then the right 808. And they don't just, they don't just chop ups. They don't just, loop a sample they chop it up you know what i mean like all three of the producers that i have when they use a a sample they chop it up into like a million pieces and then they'll play it backwards like they do all these crazy different things to it so you wouldn't know what they what what beat it was actually it actually is that they're using so um the tedious uh, tediousness of it you know the meticulousness of it can actually be one of those things that may turn you off from it but it's one of those things that you just that comes with it. Like you have to learn it. So you you develop your own style that you know other people can't touch. You know, so uh, man, when I listen to 606, I know he has a, a certain style. When I listen to Agent Smith 78, I know he has a completely different style. And then when I listen to Sir Ethics, blown you, you're blown away by because he will either play instruments and loop, or he'll pick out a sample and he'll chop it up and then he'll do it that way. But, you know, it just takes some effort and some, some repetition to do it over and over and over again. And you have to be zoned in and and have tunnel vision as far as doing it. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it ain't a fly by night thing. You know what I'm saying? You you gotta, you gotta put the work in. Absolutely. what's What's that old saying? You can't plant the seed the same day and expect to eat the fruit the same nope. day, you know. So, yeah, it takes time. You gotta water it. You gotta let it grow. You gotta nurture it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, nothing. It's a rarity for things to just come to you naturally. Like even if you're a great talent at something, that's just a talent. But to get you to a certain level, like you have to work hard at it and refine that talent and do it over and over and over again until you're so good at it that you can do it in your sleep, you know? Um, and then you have to improve on the things that you're not good at 
just as much as you improve on the things that you are good at. So Absolutely. Ab- about this journey, as far as beat making go, how, how far into it are you now? Uh, shoot, I'm over 200 beats. You got over 200? Over 200. Are you seeing a progression? Yeah, I have. I definitely have. And within the past month or so, I just really started doing sampling. Okay. I just kind of learned how to do it. So okay. I've been trying to mess with that, try to improve on that. And you know, go from there with it. Like I say, it, it, this when I when I do it, this is therapeutic and it's fun. It, it kind of it's kind of my release. Okay, okay. But like I said, had I done this years ago, who knows where we'll be? You know, who knows, my man? Like this, yeah, this but, would be. But it. it's never too late. It's not I ain't, too late. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying like we just don't know because. We are here now. With the, with the fear of the unknown. Yeah, I, but that, that's the thing that gets everybody, bro. Like, I think I did an episode uh my friend Crystal Pinkney, and on it I said, fly or die. Like, you won't know if you can fly if you don't jump out the nest like most eagles do. Like, you have to jump out the nest to know if you can soar. And if you don't do it, if you stay in the nest and and sit there comfortably you don't know if you can fly you don't know what heights you can reach unless you leave the nest you don't know if you can hunt you know and even the birds that do hit the ground if they aren't captured by prey at some point you know they either the mother bird scoops them up or they learn how to get back up to a point where they can jump off and soar on their own you know so if they don't get eaten um but it's fly or die you got to have that mentality you know i think even for me um doing this podcast it wasn't so much as a the fear it was just the fact that i just didn't want to i didn't want to do it i was like man there's a million podcasts out there like what would i be doing that's so different from anybody else and then 60 something episodes later you're like oh okay well i got 60 going so now i might as well keep on going but uh even like applying for different positions and, and and doing things like that, you know, you do feel the fear of it. You're like, oh, man, I don't want to. Th- I think it's not just the fear, it's the rejection. Like, I don't want to be rejected. But um, yeah. fear, you know, the fear of the unknown, it can bother you. But it's just one of those things that you just got to get past. Because all it is is the unknown. Like, you don't know what's on the other side of that door because you ain't done it yet. Right. And the only thing to do is to just step out there and just do it and find out what's really cracking. Like, there's nothing to be scared of. Either you're going to succeed or not. And if you don't succeed, it's a learning experience. It's not necessarily failure because the fact that you did it is is an accomplishment in itself. Bong bong. You know, the not doing it is the failure. Sitting around right. looking and, and not not doing it. Me not doing music at the time when I was able to do music. If I had not done it, that would have been a failure of knowing that I'm I'm better than a lot of the talent that's out here. And I sat on my talent. Like that would have been the biggest failure. Right. To know that I can do it and I didn't do it. Yeah. I think that's that's what it is for me. Like, you know, after a while, you know, during this pandemic, I was just like, you know, I gotta I can't just be sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. So that's that's how I ended up purchasing an iPad. You know, all these beats I've done are off of iPad. I don't have no expensive equipment as of yet. 
I'm planning on it, but right now I'm trapping off the uh the iPad. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Guys, listen, I'll tell you like this. Guys were doing it off their phone before the iPad. Exactly. You know, they were doing it off the phone and, all, you know, like the little two-way pages and all that shit. The little phone that D-Wade used to sell, the skip, the sidekick or whatever it was. They were doing it, yeah, <laughs> they were doing it off all them little joints like that. But there's nothing wrong with, with, with what you're choosing because you're, you're, excuse me, you're figuring it out. You know, you're, you're, you're tinkering. Right. And you Definitely find, tinkering. You yeah, never know. It's like. I've been doing it since April of last year. Okay. And I'm still going. So I'm 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 proud of myself for that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, sometimes you get a little get frustrated with it and you know you have to take take a few days to get your music palette back in order and then come back at it and attack it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like writing or doing anything else where you're expressing yourself, any other type of art, you get frustrated with it or you may get like, I don't know if it's if it's like a, I don't know what, what's the equivalent of like writer's block, but you may, you know. Beat block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may get beat block. So there you have it. Like you, you do need to step away and, and start off afresh. Right. And get yourself exactly. back together, you know. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. But yeah, this is like, for me, like I said, I'm proud of myself for doing it. And it's just like, you know, I got over 200 some beats. And, and you know what I'm saying? All of them might not be five to some people, but the fact that I'm batting, I'm, swing, I'm, I'm taking them swings, I'm taking them chunks, the foul tips, whatever, whatever, I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> All you need is at least two or three of them. You might fuck around and hit a home run one of them. Correct. And you could post them on SoundCloud. You can post them on Bandcamp. Create yeah. you a page on either one of those and, and get four or five, six beats together. And you don't necessarily have to charge people for them. You could just put them out there and see how it goes. You know, Do your hashtags, whatever needs to happen. And make it work for you. Absolutely. I have all that in the works. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just in the, the mind frame of trying to create. Just every every time I'm trying to create. It's like like I, like I was telling you in, in February when I was doing the 28 Days of Black, you know, it was times I would get up every morning, almost every morning, a couple hours before I go to work, just try to make a beat so, for something I can ride into work to. Okay. So that that that's that be my goal a lot of times. Like if I get up early in the morning, well, let me see what, what I can come up with or create before I go to work and have something to ride to. Even if I don't finish it, I'll set the framework up for you know having it later done later when I get off work to finishing up, finishing it up. Do your kids ever see you working on beats? Yeah, he can see me working on beats, you know. He, he be like, what you doing, Dad? You know, uh, making some beats. Yeah. Do he oh, sit? Cool. Do he sit and listen, or do he he'll keep on listen. moving? He'll listen, it, but then he'll go. You know, eight year olds don't have that much of an attention span. They 
they come see what you're doing and go about their business. Right. Um, but he he wanna do a YouTube channel. Okay. Okay. So I gotta try to, you know what I'm saying, figure out how it's gonna work for him. Like his uncle then bought him a green screen and everything. But what does he wanna do a YouTube channel so about? He just want you know how the uh, what's that Ryan's toy review? Wanna do shit like that. <laughs> So he wants to review toys? He wants to review toys, talk about superheroes and all kind of shit. I, I said, hey, if, if that's what you want to do, you can do it, but you gotta make sure your grades and stuff are right. I just don't want I just don't want you to be, you know what I'm saying, getting this privilege to do a YouTube channel and your grades fucked up. It don't work like that. Yeah. You gotta make sure your grades is right and you know, I'll I'll do whatever I can to help you to fulfill your dream if that's what you want to do okay that's the way to go about it as a father i salute that yeah so 200 beats but two i want to say 200 and right now 209 but if i count the stuff before i really start really counting them it would be like 220. Okay. Okay. Who are some of your influences as far as uh, beat makers or producers go? Uh, I like, I like what Organized Noise did, the Dungeon Family. I like, I like that stuff. I like Just Blaze. Um, Jermaine Dupree, but you know, he, he was, he he know how to hit it at all different points. Pop, R and B, rap. You know what I'm saying? Uh Dre. I like Knife Wonder. Knife Wonder is dope. Pharrell. Timberland. Uh, trying to think of this producer. I like oh Kanye. You know what I'm saying? I like his I love his production. That that Chicago soul, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I even like Juicy J be producing some shit too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I like how he sampled. You know what I'm saying? That 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 whole Memphis sound. That that's I like that. If there were three producers you could sit and watch and learn from, who would it be? Um. Shit, it probably be more than three, but I would say Dre, Jermaine Dupree, and Timberland. Okay, okay. Um, why them? Why those three? I think Dr. Dre, he's more of a perfectionist. That you know, he got that same kind of energy like me. We both Aquarius, so we we kind of like that shit ain't right. It ain't right. We do it over. I think Jermaine Dupree, because he 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 is a um, he a legend, man. He he sat down with the best of them, Mariah, Jay Z, Janet Jackson. So he he got an insight like no other. And Timberland, Timberland, because he he's 
he was ahead of his time when he came out. When he came out around 96, he was already in 2010. And now he's like 2025 or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Timbo was something special and different. Definitely. But all the other ones like L'Oreal, Night Wonder, uh, Della, of course. Can't forget about him. Um, who else? No, that's it. If just you just had the name three, just had the name right. three. I asked you because I asked my producers the same thing, like who would be their influences and and who would they want to sit around and watch and talk to, uh, as far as production or beat making goes. So um, I always like to hear those responses, um, based on the the things that they're saying. It lets you know the intricacies, or at least for me. Let's me know the intricacies of, of what it is that they're looking for when they're when they're making beats or music themselves. So that's that's the reason why I asked that. Yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention though, just blaze too. Just blaze. Just just blaze always had some heat. Oh, he always had some heat, you know. Um he was a good one. I would like to throw in there um a person who makes beats that people kind of um don't mention often two guys, Pimp C and Manny Fresh. Yeah, yeah, definitely Manny. Manny had that bounce, that bounce, that that New Orleans bounce. I like that. And Pimp C, man, you know how I feel about Pimp C, man. You know how I feel about the pimp. Long live the pimp. Man, hold up. Hold up, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, was it sweet soul? Was it sweet soul? Sweet soul of James Jones. Yeah, man. Bad. Midnight hoes is my shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, my bad. shit. Nah, my but, joint is uh, uh, cocaine. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let and, me see. Um, that that first UGK joint, I left I left it wet for you or some shit. Mm. You know what though, a lot of people don't know. Um, I think he played an instrument like for orchestra, or symphony, or something like that. I yeah, may have dude. it wrong. Yeah, he did play something. Yeah, yeah, dude yeah, was he, actually talented. Like and super he was talented. Taking a hook on Scarface, looking to my eyes. That's Pimp C. That oh, look. I'm gonna have to. I'm have to go back and check it out. Yeah, that's Pep C singing that. Can you look in my eyes and you tell me who you see? Look me in my eyes, tell me what you see. That's Pep C in the background. That's Pep C singing. I, I would not be surprised at that, though. Um, just based on the fact that Black people have, like, the whole soul thing going on. We, have, we, we come from church backgrounds and things like that. We come from singing family, so... I would not be surprised about that because when I do singing or crooning on songs and people ask who is that, and I'm like, I just me goofing around or that's just me doing it because I didn't want nobody else to do it. They're surprised at the fact that I do it. I'm like, why would you, why would you be surprised? You know, like you should never be surprised when a person tells you that they rapping or that they're singing. It's a chance that they can do more than that one thing, you know, but Pimp C was definitely a dope ass dude. Yeah, absolutely. Long live the pimp, man. Man, how love. 
<laughs> yes, sir. So, so do you think that you ever put a project together like with six six beats or maybe more and just like kind of released some of your best material out there? Yeah, I, I've been, I've really been sitting back and thinking about it. Like, and, and it goes back to that what we was talking about, the, the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting here thinking about, yeah, I should drop a beat tape just to see, just to, you know, get a fill, like a filler. Yeah, absolutely. How how would it work? And, and then it go again, the self-doubt. It'd be like, so I don't know until you put it out, though, bro. Exactly. So let me ask you this. Would you know, would you be doing the mixing and mastering on your own? Uh, yeah, I'll try, I'll try to mix it a little bit. And then, you know, if I, if I get to the point where I want to master it, I'll probably have to outsource and find somebody to do it. Okay. I'm just asking. Yeah. But definitely a beat tape has been been on my mind. Like, man, put that shit out, bro. Don't be don't be letting that fear bother you, man. That's what they call it false evidence appearing real. Yeah, don't be worrying about that shit, man. That's you. Like it's your baby. If every artist was worried about what people thought, we would never have art in the world. We would never have sculptures. We would never have inventions that were made to better people's lives and things of that nature. Gotta put that shit out there, man. Let that shit Stick that shit on the wall somewhere and let it let, let it let it work. Let it do what it's gonna right. do. You can't worry just, about that. Right. People gonna look. There is no person in the world that likes everything. Like you, you can't true. you can't like everything, even amongst the arts. People may like Monet, but they may not like Manet. You know, so it's just a lot of different things. You know, they may like Banksy, but they may not like uh, Jean Michel Basquiat or things like that so you can't you can't be worried about what people are thinking bro the main thing is that you do your best you go you rise to a high level and and you do the best that you can and you just put it out there and back away from it now if you're like me of course you're a perfectionist even after the music comes out and you can hear everything that you could have done better and things like that yeah but but it's still out there like it's already i gave it out to the world And, and, you know, like I said, that's why I, I did the, uh, in February when I was doing the 28 Days of Black, that's why I did it. I did it, I did it off, off the fly. I was just like, I'm tired of hoarding all these beats and, you know, I, I, I just put it out there. Let me see, February 1st, dropped the first one. I'm like, okay, well, that's 28 Days. Let me, let me continue this, you know, be consistent with it, you know. And, and and I I had fun doing that, like, and and I didn't, and I still had plenty more beats to go, like, so yeah, it's, it's like I'm talking myself into it now, like, just drop the goddamn beat tape. Yeah, that's just it, man. It. Just drop that shit. I know. Yeah. Uh, I was listening years and years ago. I can't remember when it was, but. Um, there was like a few beat makers or producers who all agreed with the music that they were making. And they say, if it doesn't grab me between the first five to 15 seconds, either you need to do something different or I need to do something different. And what the producers were saying is that 
they're at such a high level now that they can't sit there and listen to your whole production of a beat for a minute in a, or a minute and 30 seconds. Like you have to grab them right away. So some of the beats that people should make, like it should be able to get to the point within, was it three to 15 seconds or five to 15 seconds or something like that. So um, there may be something there for you as well that, you know, may help you, you know, do beats at a very rapid level where you can, all right, here go the gist of it. But then after that 15 seconds, I slow it down and it breaks down into these type of points, you know, and it breaks down and then it comes back together. And then you can understand the whole beat of everything that I did. So um, I forgot who it was, but it was a couple producers and they were saying that they were just saying, you know, when you're in the studio and you cooking and you and you're working with different artists and you got different guys coming in the studio and they're listening to beats. A lot of those guys don't have time to stick around and hear two to three minutes of every beat that you have. So you have to give them like five to 15 seconds of what that shit is going to be so they can get on about their day. You know what I mean? He said, and if they don't, he said, some guys won't even take the beat CD. They won't take the flash drive full of beats. They'll, they'll just hear what they hear. And some of them just say, give me like that one or that one. Uh, you know what I mean? So, but it was a pretty cool conversation that they were having. I think it was like Jess Blaze and I think Timbaland. Timbaland might have been one of those guys that was saying it. And I think they were both saying, like, you know, Jay, Jay was like, Jay-Z is like that. If it don't hit him right away, if he don't hear it, he'll tell you to go on to the next one. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. My, I know my producers, they, 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 they said that, too. Like, they'll work but they can get you to hear what they're doing within the first five to 15 seconds um, of a beat. If they, if they're, if they're in that type of mode, but if they're working, they don't, they don't even worry about that type of stuff. They don't care. Right. But yeah, that's why like after the, after that, I've been, you know, periodically dropping, you know what I'm saying? Lives, the cooking up, the cooking up thing I got going on right now, you know, so I got that going right now. And do you got anybody else that's um doing beats with you that you know? That way y'all can kind of like gauge each other's talent. Nope, just me. Okay. Okay. Do we, do you think you would be rapping on your beats soon? Uh, who knows, man? It, it, it's where it's wherever wherever the spirit moves me, man. It's gonna move me that way, then I'm gonna go that way. Okay. You know? So, like I said, right now I'm in the creative mode, just trying to create as much as I can. And like you say, throw it out there, see if it sticks. If not, whatever. I'm telling you, man, you should do it. You should do it. You should get like six to ten of your beats, put them together, throw them on SoundCloud or Bandcamp or something like that, and see what happens. See what happens. Definitely thinking about it. Well, it ain't no more thinking. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Just putting it together, picking. That's all. Picking up and, and kind of doing a light mix on them and see. I got, because I got some work I got to do. I know there's a couple producers that's waiting on me. I know they like, dude, you don't forgot about us. And I haven't forgotten about them. It's just that the podcast and life has just been on my ass and I need to pick out a solid week or two or a weekend 
and just hammer this shit out so I can get to the next level. Because I've been saying this since like March or April, but I haven't, I just haven't had the time, man. There's just so much going on. Yeah, absolutely. So when you when you in your zone, what is your what is your writing process? What is it? Is it like, all right, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna play the beat, and I'm gonna zone out. Mm-hmm. And during that 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 whole zone or during the day, how many songs you think you'll knock out? That depends. So it depends on what I'm writing, what I'm and what I'm writing for. If I'm writing like a concept, topic, or issue, it it just depends. Like certain things, like if you already have it within your heart and in your mind to say something it's easier to write, you know, but if you want to be like super lyrical and you want to put words together, it may take a little bit longer. Um, Songs where I show appreciation for women. I think those songs come to me a little bit more naturally just because that's to me, that just comes from the heart and from the mind. So how I feel about my mom, my sisters, my cousins, I guess easier to paint those pictures for me. Um, because I have very good, very good sources to pull from when I think about um, like the beauty of a woman, um, the, the, the things I love about women, the positivity of women and, things, and, and stuff like that. Those are easy, easy songs to make. S- sometimes even making the not so good songs about my experiences with women, you know, the the misogyny and, and the debauchery and things that I've done. Some of some of those songs may come to me easy because it's it's all off memory. You know, I'm just writing things that have actually happened. But if if it's coming to me like that and it's fluid, um, I can get you three to five songs done in a day. See, that that's that's talent. That's talent. Yeah. If, if I got to that rate right now. But it just depends, bro. It just depends on... So, and this is the other thing. For me, it also depends on what I'm hearing from the beat when I'm when I'm sitting there listening to it. Because if I don't hear nothing, I'm not going to write nothing. I may just sit there and just vibe to the beat. Or I may go, man, I can't... I can't write to this. Like, this is, this is too dope for me to write to. Or this is just something like... It should be on a beat tape. <laughs> Excuse me, it should be on a beat, a beat tape or something, you know, so certain times I'm not able to write. Um, it's rare that I have had a very long stint of writer's block. So I know it's not that, but I know if I'm putting forth my best effort um, and I'm being creative, sometimes it just comes, some, song, some songs just come more easier than others because of, you know, what it is or what it may mean to you. Um, sometimes being lyrical or over lyrical, you know, that can be an issue like where you stuck because you're trying to put these three syllable words or these four syllable words together and these crazy patterns that you're trying to keep up with. And that may be hard. But the, the thing about that doing super lyrical songs is for me that those still have to make sense. Like a lot of these guys, they just pair up words together. And the songs don't make sense. And when you're listening to them, it's just like, dude, do you even know that you're not, you're just putting words together? Like, you're not fooling me. You may fool the other people, but you're not fooling me with just throwing words together 
with a bunch of syllables. Like I, I, I hear it and you're not really saying nothing. So um, there, there are projects that I do need to finish, but it just depends on the song, bro. Like I can easily, or I may do one. Sometimes I may do one and depending on what the song is and how much energy it takes out of me, I may go, all right, that's it. I only got that one in me and I'll come back later and start writing on another. But if I'm in that zone, bro, I can get, I, if I ask Agent Smith and, and 606, they'll probably say I've done like three, three to five in a day. They'll say I've done three to five in a day. Um, and, and, and not that is not bragging, but some of those songs can happen in 15 to 20 minutes. You know what I mean? And so, so as a rapper, mm -hmm. who are some of your musical influences? As a rapper, yeah. um, am I naming rappers or just yeah, are, are you naming? Yeah, you you naming rappers who, who you are influenced by. Well, yeah, okay, so I'll give my uh, rap influences as far as rappers or lyricists, MCs, it would be Coogee Rap, Raz Cass, Scarface, um, how am I drawing a blank now? Uh, MJ, MJG and 8-Ball, I said Scarface already. Um, who would be another one? Did I say Outcast? Bon B and UGK, Underground Kings is definitely in there. I can't go uh, without saying them. And then I would have to go back up top and say like Nas, Jay Z, um, AZ. Mm -hmm. I can't for, I can't forget uh, leave out AZ. Um, Pharaoh Munch. I think, I don't know if I said Red Man, but Red Man would be another one of them. Um, and Six, man, because some of the stuff that Six be saying, it'd be, they'd be like right in front of you, but the way he puts it together is so layered. It's just like, fuck, I, I can't, you know, like I gotta be, able, I can't, I don't know if I can keep up with that, you know, sometime, but um, yeah, those go, those, those are like my inspirations. And those are those are the guys that like if you said tomorrow we were going to do battle and I had to take somebody with me, that would be the crop of guys that I would be able to I would take to take with me to kick ass. You know what I mean? OK, so what is your go to album to get you motivated? Go to album to get me motivated. Interesting, interesting, interesting question. Go to album to get me motivated. Let's just say you want to. No, 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 no. I know, I know. I'm trying to name a couple of them. So I can't remember. That. Is it? Is it AT Aliens that had Peaches and Herb on it? I think so. Okay. Is that album? Um it's a couple of UGK albums. Um, I think it's UG, UGK for life. And I think it's the album before that, that, that get me motivated. And what, what's another one? What's another one? Scarface, but there's a couple of Scarfaces, uh, Scarface albums that, that get me motivated. Um, 
But here's the thing, though. When you listen to my music, I don't sound nothing like none of them. True. I don't sound nothing like none of them. Like, I don't, I, uh, I'm inspired by them, but I don't, I don't ever think I hear any of my, my, my actual story and my pattern and the way I proceed and approach music. I don't think you hear none of it in there. Most people say, oh, you, you sound like Common. Like, they'll, I'll, I'll get that shit, you know. Oh, you sound like Common. Oh, you rap like Common. Have you done songs with Common? Like, I'll get that, but I don't ever get, oh, yo, you sound like UGK. I'll never get that. Yeah, it was a joy you sent me a while back. You did have a, a Common vibe. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And the crazy part is, like, and it's not to be disrespectful, but I don't I don't be listening to comment like that to um, to be compared to him, which is a, is a great thing when people do compare me to him. I always laugh and laugh and just say, yo, I appreciate that. But I don't like I have his music because I'm a supporter and he he has some uh, some good music. Like I'd love one day that all makes sense. Um and a couple other albums he had B and I forgot the name of the other one, but um, yeah, I don't. Chocolate. Oh, like Water for Chocolate was a good album too, but there's another one after like closer to B, Finding Forever. I think it's Finding Forever. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So like those are really good albums that I like from him, but I don't ever like I don't ever sit sit around and be like yo, let me break down what he's doing. It's more like UGK, Scarface, eight, eight, eight ball and MJG, uh, Outcast, Razcast, you know, guys like that. I, I really be, I really be paying attention to, you know, Nas, Jay Z, AZ. Those are the guys. Kooji Rap. Those are the guys that I actually be, you know, like, damn, look at the intricacies of what they saying. You know, when I know what I notice about Jay is that he uses the least amount of words a lot of the times when you're listening to him. He uses the least amount of words to say things in his songs. Like if you, it's just me. I don't know if maybe it's just me that listens to it and then hears it that way. But he gets his point across without about a bunch of mumbling and jumbling of words. You know, if you listen to AZ, his rhyme pattern is always the same for like the last two to three syllables of every word. Like it's always rhymes. Like it, it always rhymes and everything. You know, so it's just things like that that I pay attention to. When you listen to Nas, you hear this like really smooth, this really smooth voice is kind of like the wind. Like it's like almost like it's effortless to him when he's when he's uh, when he's breaking down his words and everything when he's uh, writing. So, yeah. And then Coogee Rap is just like that force, like, you know. When he's putting it together, you know, like this motherfucker ain't playing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. When you listen to Coogee rap, like the way he puts his words together, you just know like he he mean that shit. Like this shit is serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So. I know I damn near turned this interview to you now. No, it's all love. It's all love. It's all love. I'm asking. So, um, are there any young rappers that you see has that has a bright future? Like any any other new rappers that you hear? like uh cole kendrick well we know they got it right but the other guy i would like to throw in there would be uh what's his name ybn corday 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Corday Cole. Corday Cole. Corday Nice. I like. I like him. Did you, did you listen to that uh little EP he just dropped? Nah, uh nah. You got a Q-tip on that. It's called uh I forgot the name of it, but the song he got with Q-tip is called More Life. Okay, I have to yeah. check it out sooner or later, but um. I haven't been listening to a lot of music. I like I said, I mostly let me say this. I listen to music, but I listen to a lot of old stuff. Like I listen to something right now that you probably don't even think I will listen to. That old PSC album. There's like four songs on it I listen to. Uh it's a tips old group. Right, right, right. I I, I almost know the uh damn, I forgot. I know what song, one of them songs probably uh uh Uh, limelight. I like that joint. Off okay. That. Okay. So it's not limelight. So there's a. Uh, Do your thing is the uh, song that I listen to. Um, Walk this way. Um, and then murder game. Like those are my those are my the three songs. I don't listen to the whole project. I just listen to those three songs. Because they're like out the way of anything that I would normally do, right? right. So it, you won't hear me saying anything like comparable to to what they're talking about in those songs. But uh, back to the original, YBN Corday is the only thing that I find myself listening to. Um, what was the other kid name, man? I can't remember his name, but he's like from like. Fulton, Georgia. He's from like Fulton, Georgia or something like this. He was saying some cold ass shit, but every time I hear one of his songs, I usually catch it at the end because I like play it in the house. So I like play it on the, um, on the speakers and shit. Fulton, but, Georgia. Yeah, like Fulton, Georgia or something like that. That's where he's You're from. You're not talking about Rory, right? Rory. I don't know. I don't know, but the motherfucker cold, whoever he is, he cold. Right. He cold. And yeah, because I was, I think I was playing YBN Corday, and his music was, his music popped up a couple of times. I think his music po- uh, popped up when I was listening to uh, Bass or Boss. Yeah. His music popped up on there too um, a couple of times. And when I was listening to J. Cole, his music would, would pop up. I can't remember the kid's name, but it's, it's some dope ass young dudes out there. I can't remember oh. their names. Is it JID? Oh, J.I.D. is dope, too, but it ain't him. It ain't him, but but he's dope, too. I like him. Uh, man, forgive me to all the young bros out there doing their thing in music, but it's some cold ones out there that I fuck with. Like, I like their music. I do like their music. Um, but the music looks like it's in good hands. Cause, uh, and, of course, you got the Kendricks and the J. Cole. Um, yeah. I haven't heard I haven't heard uh, Cole's new project, either. Um, oh, that, hey, that, that, that's a nice... That's a nice album. I, I give him his props. And what he did was with that album, he kind of took himself out the reins and kind of let everybody else help, like far as production wise. Okay. He got Timberland on the production. He got he got a lot of producers. DJ Day. He got a lot of different producers. It's it's uh, it's not usual Cole because when you hear Cole album, you know he made he produced majority of the shit. Okay, okay. So he kind of spread his wings a little bit, like 
Yo, that album is is, is pretty good. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. And, and one of my favorite albums to go back to, um, to keep me away from, at least to me, it keeps me away from biting off of other people's music. I still go back to uh, Snoop's Doggy Style and then uh, the Dog Pound, the, the, album, <laughs> the album they had. Dog, uh, what's it called? Dog Food? Yeah. We are now back at the Jack Off Hour. This is DJ E-C-D. Yeah, so th- these are albums that I always go back to because of not because it is nostalgia, but it also I don't ever see myself in the mode of biting or taking from that stuff because they're like those albums are like golden, they're like golden mm-hmm. to me, you know, they're like untouchable. So I don't ever find myself in a position where I feel like I need to be biting off anybody. That's one of the reasons why I don't listen to a lot of the uh, to a lot of the music that's out. Just so I can keep my own vibe or whatever. Yeah, like my album, The Eight Ball Lost. Hey, I can go back and listen to that back mm-hmm. and forth. Both, both this. Um, I like Snoop RNG album. Okay. That, that one and the um the one after that with uh I'm drawing a blank. The song with it's an album after it, it got a life of the party on there. Is that Malice in Wonderland? No, not okay. that one. It's uh damn why am I drawing a blank? Cause this album was hey, that album was cold. He had Teddy Riley on there producing, and that shit was cold. Okay. Um there are two songs that I listened to uh off of Snoop's uh Dogumentary album. Eyes closed and the this weed is mine, of course. But um, like the, there's those are the like the songs that because of the instrumentation and everything that's going on and the way I'm find this song. I'm gonna find this album because the way Kanye made that beat too is, is crazy. But uh, those are the songs that I I, I may be playing. Oh, and there's some uh, Marvin Gaye that's playing in my headphones too. Like when I'm uh, on my way to work and everything, but. It's a rarity, man, that I actually sit and listen to any of the latest rap. And that's not to say anything bad. It's just to say that I don't want to mess around. And being inspired is one thing, but I don't want to ever feel like I'm taking anything from anybody. Exactly. Oh, I'm sitting trying to find this damn, what's the name of this album, man? Because he got so many damn albums. Snoop. Uh, it, it is called. Ego trip. I, I know. Yeah, that album. That's okay. That's uh, let me see. Yeah, Scarface, The Fix. The Fix was a good album. That that was that was a good album. Those are like my go tos. Like you know. That's a good album, man. I think Emeritus was a good album by uh, Phase yeah. Two. Yeah, but the Fix and um, uh, the Diary. What was the one before the Fix? I think that was a good album too. I think that was uh, May. Was that no? Nah, May was after the Fix. So I want to say that was uh, Last of a Dying Breed. I think that might have been it. 
I think that might have been because it was like gray. Yeah, it was gray and black. Yeah. Yeah. I was in college still. I went and bought that album. Yeah, then it started off with uh, him being like at the doctor's office or something like that. Yeah, being a baby. Yeah. Being born. Yeah. And then it got the, the last song, In My Time, where he sampled the mic, the uh, lady in my life. Deeply Rooted was good too, man. Absolutely. That was a good album. Deeply Rooted was a good album. Absolutely. He, he's, I, I want to hear some more. Like, I just seen a clip on, on Instagram with him having a jam session, him playing the guitar. Yeah. Like, man, that shit was so beautiful. I was like, oh. Yeah, he's been playing a guitar for years, though, man. I know, but when you hear it, you like, like a whole little jam session. Everybody in there playing their instruments, and it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's good to see him, him getting back, getting his health back in order, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good. Man, we, it's like, Gotta get that health, health as well, man. Absolutely, you can't enjoy the money if you if you're not healthy. No, not at all. So, hey, man, anything else you want to talk about before we get off to hear a pimp? No, man. I appreciate the, you know, what I'm saying time given. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you getting on here with me, man. This was um, this was all love. I appreciate you lending me your time and energy to do this. You know, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it, you know, anytime, you know. Yes, I hope sir. I, ain't, I, I hope I ain't bored of uh, the fake podcast fans out here. No, you, you know, good. You good. You good. This is another episode that'll be up in probably two or three hours. So they'll be all right. Yeah. But it's all love, man. Shout out to everybody, man. Yes, sir. Man, hey, stay focused. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You'll, you'll, and you'll find those group of beats that you need to put together, man. And just, it won't be about how you, it is about how you feel, but in the end, it's just about just getting your feet wet, just being able to show your contribution to the world. Cause that's what matters at the end. Just being able to show your contribution. Like, look, this is what I'm bringing to the table right now. Once you get to that point and you're, you're comfortable with that, then you can just push on and go for it. Um, you never know. You may start rhyming on your own beats. You may put out a song here and there. There's no telling what you may end up doing with that stuff, man. You never know, man. No, you don't. But I appreciate you again, my guy. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate love you, bro. You. Take care of yourself, cool, man. man. Take yes, care sir. Of yourself. Hey, y'all stay safe out here, man. Man, dude, you do the same, bro. Absolutely. Yep. Love everybody. Peace.